Wow, good morning. <clears throat> Here we are a year later. <laughs> it was a lot calmer today than last year. It was, last year was like a circus, just <laughs> like a rodeo. Children was running. A lot of the fathers were wearing the children on their shoulders. It was like a circus rodeo. I loved it. I, I went around with my wireless violin playing on everywhere, you know, and I thought it was the funnest church ever and with practically more children than even adults. It was fun. <laughs> I love it. I like in heaven with this because uh, I'm very, you know, childlike. I, I used to be kind of like, not embarrassed, but kind of like awkward saying it because, you know, I'm no longer a kid, you know. But in many ways, I'm very, very childlike. And, and I just, yesterday especially, I, f I said, I found my tribe, young couples with children. This is me. I'm like right there at that age, whether with the children or with the parents, but I'm in a youthful kind of an atmosphere. And God is very childlike. I want you to know that. You know, Jesus says uh, to the disciples, don't. Don't, let, don't stop these children to come to me because my kingdom is like them, not like you. Because <laughs> they're all serious and they're fighting for positions and who's going to be the greater and this and that. And it says, you're out of it. You know, my, 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 heaven is not like you guys. Heaven is like these children who are just fighting for who's going to get more hugs and blessings and who's going to play harder and discover more things. Amen. So anyways, uh, I'm, I'm very much like that. And, uh, but yet, there is an apostolic uh, happening around me. I've, I've, I was moved from being an evangelist in my first uh, like a ministry you know, job, like if you call it a job. But the first thing that I did for the Lord, I did evangelism. And I was part of a, a band uh, called Silverman at the time. Anybody remember Silverman in the 80s? Okay, we got one. One person. <laughs> we sold over 300,000 CDs, so we have people out there, but they're not around anyways. So, <laughs> but what we sold more is our children's tapes and videos and uh, kind of LPs at the time. We sold over 3 million children uh, uh, tapes, which even to this day, that's a big number for uh, as far as the Christian market. Uh, but at the time, imagine, it was phenomenal because there was nothing for children. Um, there was like the body of Christ didn't have any uh, materials other than, uh, I take that back, but there, uh, if, you're, if you're Lutheran, raised Lutheran, anybody raised in Lutheran church? Uh, anybody? No Lutherans here? Oh, there we go. Now, if you're raised in Lutheran church, uh, that is true to its founder and fathers, because sometimes churches shift, but uh, you find um, in the Lutheran church still a special booklets for, um, uh, for fathers to sing songs over their children. Luther invented that. He was a massive reformer in many ways, but most people uh, understand, you know, know about the justif justification, the just to live by faith, and these great things that he kind of emphasized. Uh, but what people don't know, that he was uh, a revolutionary when it came to honoring women, first of all. Hello, women. Because he married a powerful woman. I mean, she was a nun and he was a monk. Of course, I don't know if you know, but during his uh, 
uh, Reformation, he emptied the, the, the German monasteries because he says, where is it in the Bible that we, we shouldn't be married? And so he, all these monks and thousands of monks and, and nuns, they just go, oh, well, if it's not in the Bible, I want to get married. So they all empty the, they empty the, the, you know, the monasteries. They start getting married to each other because in nowhere in the Bible says that you can't please God uh, by, mean, by being married. So <clears throat> anyway, so, so he honored uh, his wife because she was a powerful woman of God and just powerful woman. She was a powerful leader. She ran his entire business. Anything has to do with, with life that, I mean, he was a kind of a super spiritual guy, but he was a klutz when it came to anything else. Like, so she ran the whole household and buying and selling and property. I mean, she was a manager and administrator and so forth. So she was a powerful woman, but also she was a, a powerful advisor. Uh, for she had a keen spirit about who is legit and who is not. Because like uh, us guys, sometimes we get we gullible a little bit, but our wives talk to us after the evening. Says, ah, I don't know about this guy. Oh, I thought he's great, man. You know. And so my wife always is like that. She she would tell me what her feelings are about so and so, and in a nine out of ten, she's right. And so she was very uh, she was very instrumental in. Weeding out the enemies from the friends, uh, because at the time, you know, there was a lot of, uh, 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 you know, enemies. There were sort of sheep and uh, wolf and sheep clothing type thing um, against the Reformation. <coughs> and the famous talks uh, on the on the table uh, where the Reformation table, where he was doing nightly talks and sometimes uh, all night discussing, uh, was uh, right next to. Her, uh, it was in the kitchen right next to her uh, stove where she cooked. And so he could see her uh, cooking and so, but really listening. And when they were talking, she would be afterwards advising him. And, and uh, so she was powerful in that way, spiritual as well. Discernment. But then, uh, so he really honored women, you know, with his preaching. That before this never happened. Um, then second of all, he, he honored uh, he, he actually redefined the role of fathers in, in the family life because usually uh, mothers did it all with kids. But he says, no, fathers should put the children to sleep, to bed with stories about the Bible and the Lord and singing songs, singing songs. And so he wrote a whole bunch of songs and, and things like that that still exist in, you know, in, in some of the Lutheran church, my, my uh, assistant. His existence is a Lutheran. So she told me, yeah, I, I remember when I was a kid reading and singing these things and, and so forth. Um, and materials for children. And then last but not least, overall the family. He preached a lot about the family and what, how big the family is to God and to the kingdom and the kingdom on earth. And because, you know, priests were single at the time, you know, because the Catholic priests were, were single. Uh, so they didn't quite get the role of the family as a whole because they themselves were not married, you know. So when Luther got married, he discovered all these huge amount of scriptures that talk about the family and how huge that is, you know. And so anyways, he was a reformer in a way of the family and, and not only in Germany but throughout the world. We, we wouldn't be here really if it wasn't of Luther. And, and Calvin, of course, eventually. So these are the fathers of the Protestant Reformation. And we're about one million 
uh, excuse me, one billion believers, uh, Protestant. And of course, the Catholics are a little more. They're one point one or one point two billion Catholics. So imagine together what what a force we would be. And I think it's about time to figure out that that we would. There are some differences, uh, but we might as well celebrate the difference because the world can be boring with the same thing, you know. And so I, I'm in that spirit. I'm celebrative of the differences and. Uh, and uh, and like this, this event we're doing in Sa in San Diego in April, um, I want I'm I inviting a, a Catholic bishop from LA, Arch Archbishop, one of the top uh, leaders of the, of the body of Christ here, in, is the the the, the, the uh, Catholics here, and I'm inviting him to speak. And of course, I have a huge Spanish leader. Uh, coming, and I just want to have cultures and and uh, black and white and every 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 kind of a thing. That we're, the diversity is so awesome. I love it. And I'm Bulgarian, you know, and I'm not Texan, right? You can tell by the accent. So, anyways, uh, I love the accents. I love the diversities. My mom said that I spoke Bulgarian with with Texas accent because I lived in Texas. I'm going, how does that work, mom? I don't I don't know what you're talking about. Anyways. But you can tell my, my Bulgarian accent anyways. But I love the diversity of the, the nation. Our school is, is I'd say, 60% of foreigners and, and different ethnicities. You know, because foreigners usually have a thing about their accent. But because I'm the leader of the school, foreigners come around me. So they think, oh, he's legit. He thinks he's OK. So I'm OK, too. And, and so, so I love the nations. We have a school in New York as well, in New York City. And then we're starting one in DC. And it's just foreigners everywhere and different, different races. I love it. And, and so, so I'm involved with, with that kind of bringing the body of Christ together. Okay. So, but part of me is, is like, uh, like the Lord speaking to me about, about children. I mean, okay. So Luther started refor reforming. Uh, and, the, and the image of the woman has started to rise, and the equality of, of men and women uh, is, 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 is coming together, okay? Uh, and so what happens, churches that allow women to minister and to feel as powerful as men, we practically double overnight. Without, Ill, without growing in, in size, we double in power. In fact, it says two put 10,000 to fly. So, so when we allow the women to speak and minister and teach and, and everything uh, like they are, uh, servants of the Lord, equal as, as us guys, uh, we, we, we become 10 times more powerful. 10 times. Say 10 times. We're not just doubling. We're 10 times more powerful. You know, then um, when I got saved here the, by the Jesus movement in the early 70s, what happened was, um, you know, I came from a rock and roll. Me and three boys started the first rock band in Bulgaria. And at the time, uh, no one can tell we were not that good, but there was no way to compare because we were the only band there that, 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 you know. So they put us on national television, and the, overnight we were the number one band because there was only one channel. There was nothing else to watch, you know. So we were, there was no number two. There was nothing else to see. Anyways, so we became very popular, very quick, very famous, and, and we created a threat to the communists, sort of a cultural revolution, cultural threat, if you, if you will. And so they finally shut us down, 
<clears throat> because they realize that we're breeding too much freedom to young people and they don't like freedom, so they shut us down. Kind of some churches I know, like some elders, are just like the commas. No freedom, stop it, you know. This is church. It's supposed to be a joke, y'all, you know. <laughs> Anyways. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> um, where was I? With my Bulgarian jokes, you guys don't get it. <laughs> some of you do, but. Anyways, uh, I escaped. That pushed me to escape because they shut us down publicly. So, so I escaped and I headed to Hollywood to continue my rock and roll career. I was very disappointed when I got there. But the Jesus people were on the streets loving on and, and, and sharing. So it was just a perfect time for me to hear something uh, that would, you know, help me to figure out what, what do I do? What do I do now? I'm disappointed with the rock and roll scene here in, the, in, the, in Hollywood. And they, went, they shared with me, and, and eventually I got saved um, through food. Food evangelism is how I got saved. That's why we do food everywhere. We would just finish a feast for about 500-plus people in Tijuana Garbage Dump. How many were, were with us with Tijuana? Just, uh, we just want to thank you so much for coming and supporting us. And Cameron with his beautiful... Um, uh, violin and spirit and, 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 and everyone. Anyway, so we, we do a huge feast every year. It's close to you guys. You should come and see it. But um, beside food, you know, food kind of starts things. And then eventually um, uh, we did weddings, spontaneous weddings. Uh, four years ago, you were there when we did the first one, 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 one couple. Uh, they lived six years in the garbage dump but never got married. So we married them. And they started a whole movement of marriages to, to today we've married 50 couples 50 couples last week this week was 22 you know and I mean and people bringing bridal dresses and rings and everything it's just phenomenal the the generosity of the body of Christ is unprecedented and the creativity you know we actually have a five-star restaurant you know atmosphere on the garbage dump tables with white cloth with table runners with Fresh cut flowers, candles, I mean everything, you know, and people sit down, come from the garbage dump, they're, they're still, you know, you know, there's no running water, there's no electricity, it's, it's very difficult there to see it, but they sit down and we serve them like waiters and just honor them, you know, it's just beautiful. So food, was, food has always been, you know, big in my, in my world and because I, I got saved that way. <laughs> wow. So, um, I don't know why I talk about food. I guess I'm getting hungry. I, I, there was a, I lost my train of thought about, oh, we're having lunch. That's it. That's it. <laughs> we're having lunch. Dennis and Jackie in my right hand uh, and left hand as far as events, and they're amazing. And, and Dennis is also specifically very uh, anointed and a huge helper for partners and thanking them properly, and just without him, I, I wouldn't have, we have hundreds, if not thousands of partners, and that's how we fund the ministry that we do with children. We have 600 children while we're here this morning. Kids are all over in three continents that we're sending them money every day to, to feed them, to take care of them, and also to educate them, you know, because we're, we're, we're serious about God's mandate for today's slaves to become tomorrow's leaders. So we're going through not only high school, but also 
either school, school, or college, if they want to go to college, we support them through the four years of college or five years of college until they become fully established in who they are and their profession so they can lead the world uh, and keep that world um, no more with child, child trafficking. We, we are the standing as fathers to end child trafficking on earth no more. And not under our watch. Amen. I'm recruiting faith. I'm recruiting for you to agree with me because we as fathers and mothers have to say uh, no because we have the authority to say no. Uh, of course, there's laws. Every nation that's part of the United Nation, um, you know, has law against that. But, but no one can enforce the law because there's so much corruption. So we're the only ones as, as community who are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, amen, which is on the throne. We're seated, Ephesians chapter 2 uh, discusses that we are seated on a throne. We are co-seated co or enthroned, one translation says. We're in the same seat place of, of authority where Jesus is seated. Amen. We're the body of Christ. He's the head and we're the body. The government uh, is on his shoulder. And he's the head. Who's the shoulder? You and me. We're the shoulders. Amen. We uh, have this authority that God is administering through us. And, and, and as we connect with our hearts of what, we, what God's will is, not to have child slaves. Amen. Of course, I don't have to talk to his parents. We know that. But we can just stand in prayer, stand in, in spirit, and say, Lord, just kick the devil out of our children globally. We do not want demons and darkness to to touch our children, to, to children. Give us the children of the world. Let us protect them, you know, because his angel, their angels are before the Lord, the Father. He calls them a father. So obviously, uh, we as fathers on earth can implement his will because he cares for the children. In a, he cares for all of us, but children especially, uh, he, he, he minds the children because that's why the angels are so close to him to make sure that, they are protected. Amen? Whoa. Angels are ministering spirits. In Hebrew, uh, chapter 1 talks about angels and ministering spirits. They're practically created to serve us, for us. And, and in case you don't know, they're voice activated, meaning they're just sitting around waiting for you to say something. Hey, go do this. <laughs> Come on. It's, I'm going to... I want to get you busy to keep the angels busy, meaning, like, say something to them. They're servants for you. You know, I'm not big into the angels and said there's people who, you know, totally see that that's their ministry to, uh, you know, there's so many scriptures and angels. I'm more into the, uh, the word of God and the Holy Ghost and uh, the spirit. But that is not to say that I don't believe in angels. And this is how I got the vision for arrows fast because the Lord is saying, listen, uh, pay attention because the children's angels are in my face. Why? Because they're vulnerable. Hello. Adults too. We all have angels. But children's angels are the most close to him and he, uh, he does things through them to protect children. Amen. So, so that's how I started thinking. And then the Lord started saying to me, 
uh, you know, you need to talk to the church leaders uh, to, I'm not a pastor, but I'm an apostolic role, and, and, and I have the responsibility to, to share with, with pastors what the Lord is saying. Apostles and prophets are listening. Their main job is to, to tell the body what the Lord is doing and what is doing. Pastors are, are more concerned with where people are at and everything, but, but apostles are telling pastors, here's what God says. Here's what God's will is, and, and be fathering in that respect to support pastors in doing that. So I'm just going around telling pastors of what the Lord is saying. What the Lord is saying is he wants to um, reform the body of Christ as far as church and the way we as a community, uh, what is our focus? You know, usually uh, our focus is, uh, you, know, uh, you know, teenagers, of course, youth groups are big for churches. Pastors spend money in youth groups and so forth. Lights and shows, you know, to attract the youth. And that's very good. Teenage should be, we should have huge youth groups. Um, uh, and, and, of course, uh, pastors focus on... Uh, the baby boomers we're today, we're, we're the money makers or the, we're the empty nesters, what Dennis calls us, empty nesters. Because why? We have the money and we have the time because our children are already grown and they're in colleges or married and so forth. So now we have time. So therefore, we're more available and, and uh, want to help with our time. You know, and that's great, ministering to us uh, because we're helping pastors. That's great. And, um, but what about young couples? Uh, and, and I'm saying, guys, listen, we need to pay attention to what's happening with the young couples. And, of course, pastors go, yeah, yeah, right. But young couples, he says, we, we can hardly see them Sunday, you know, because by the time they do the diapers and everything, it's 1130, and they don't even get to come to church. So I can't rely. I don't even know if they're going to be in church or not. I mean, we love them, but we can't count on them. I go, you can't count on it, but the Lord counts on that. Why? Because they take care of the babies. And God is very, very concerned what's happening to the babies right now. Because your babies today, 10 years from now, are going to be uh, in a youth department. So if you, as parents, young parents, if you're raised, seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, if we as fathers spiritually raise you to be secure in who you are in Christ and where you are, you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, then your babies are going to be raised in the lap of God. Hello, because you are, you are with God. You are seated with Christ Jesus. I mean, you don't get any more intimate and close to the Lord than that, if you know it. So our job is to raise you that way. Our job is to build you, to support you, and to, to make everything possible for, uh, that we can to, to make you feel like you're in, in heaven, seated in heaven. Why? Because... Your baby is going to be raised in this mighty, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego of the teenage movement, naturally. Naturally. And then, 10 more years, the same kids that are raised in the lap of God today, babies, then children, uh, 20 years from now, they're going to be the Daniels of the college age. They know what to do. They have superior wisdom from above. They know even more than the teachers. They're wise and they're awesome and unlock mysteries and things like that yay uh, 10 more years from now which is 30 years from now they're going to be uh the josephs they're going to be the ceos they're going to be the most sought out people in the marketplace because they know what's happening they're raised with god inside 
You know what I mean? And they naturally know what to do with problems, economy, this and that, wisdom. Okay, so 10 more years, they're going to be uh, 40-some years old from now in the future. And then they're, gonna, they're entering into the fathers of the world. They're going to run the world in the future. Amen? So God is looking that way. He's not looking right now. He, yes, he is, but he also is looking what's happening next generation. Amen? So that's why it's so important. I, I, I drew this whole thing so that you can see how so important that, that today we pay attention as what's happening to young moms and young dads. Amen? Wow. Of course, I'm preaching to the choir because you guys are young. Mainly, a lot of you are young. Young, young parents, and you understand how important it is for you to be supported. So in my, in my world, the way I see from the Lord, um, this also is the most, most important season of your life as far as influence. If we would ever influence humanity, young couples are the most influenceable. Why? Okay, when, 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 when a Children become teenagers, they know it all. You can't talk to them. They got it. Okay, we can't talk to you. When, when you become in a college of falling in love, you still can't talk to you because you're in love. They're not even listening because you're just kissing and doing things. And you're paying attention to your love, which is great. As soon as the kids come, boom. Oh, mom, what do I do? You know, all of a sudden, you're looking for advice. You're looking, why? Because now you're raising a human being. And the most period of where you're looking for advice and asking and you're open for advice is when you ha first have babies. That's where you really are most, because the pressure of the, uh, from God is, uh, hey, your responsibility is that you are going to raise a human being now. Woo. And it's not just Christians, not Christians the same way. I, 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 suit, I hear testimonies and interviews and people got, just got kids. It was like a wow. You know, what do we do with that? Can we Google about this? How can we raise this kid? And, and people the most. And so that's why God said don't miss that season. If you're going to ever have a, a thing to influence people, this is the season when they're having a babies. Amen? Wow. So in my world... In my world, the way I see church should be, uh, in the middle of our, of our attention should be young couples with children. Teenagers should be trained by the pastors of how to serve young couples. I mean, young couples with babies kind of like African mission field because they are needed. Not that you're Africa, but, but you know what I'm saying. It's, it's like mission. mission. In the mission field, you go give and support and sow and stuff. You build. You don't go get something from the mission field. So young couples are to me the mission field of the local church. And then, um, so teenagers should be uh, trained in how to help and support, like a discount, babysitting, and okay, if not free, sewing into young couples. Amen? Teenagers, we need you. Then uh, parents, of course, you know, we, we want you to help us with, even if your parents, even your children are not here, uh, others. So we need you to help uh, those, those couples who are raising their, their babies. And of course, grandparents, the most needed. Because you have the most time and everything and wisdom 
and love and energy. We need you the most to come and help moms and dads. So see, the whole body of Christ should be involved in that. They say, well, what about evangelism? Evangelism is so important for the local church. I agree. It's true. But guess what? Guess what? Who are the biggest talkers? In the, in the, it's moms. Moms talk. They communicate. They constantly communicate. You know, women in general are, are more communicative than men. But moms are most communicative because they're raising the children. They share these ideas and everything. And imagine... Imagine your mom and raised in this uh, environment of protection, support, and everything. You go like heaven on earth and love and joy. My children are raised with hope and healing and wholeness. And other moms are going, what? What are you talking about? Where's, where's that wholeness? I'm just mess around me. Oh, not around me. We, we have such a beautiful community. They help us and they strengthen us. We are, I live in heaven on earth. Really? Love, beauty. And so that's how mom communicate, and every mom is interested in something like that for their children. Amen. So see, they're the biggest evangelists, ready to go. And we keep winning more and more young couples. Not that we shouldn't win teenagers, now we shouldn't win anybody. Of course, but I'm I'm seeing from the Lord the importance of growing healthy young couple community. Because it's easier to protect what's, what's still whole and still in love before the arguments happen, before the failures with children happen, before failure with one another, before the divorces, separation happen. It's easier to protect what is whole than to fix what's broken. Amen. That's just kind of like a little Jewish calculation, Jewish wisdom. It's easier to, to protect what's whole than to refix what's already broken. A lot of effort goes, and we should. We should minister to the broken. I'm not saying that. But let's not miss the wholeness. It's naturally. Young couples still in love with each other. I'm seeing my daughter and my son-in-law. They're still in love with each other. And I cherish that. And, and I support that. You know, they, they, they still feel they're very young. They still feel there's going to be great moms and dads. And we support that. And we share with them and teach them and help them. Amen? So that's, that's my vision for why we started the, uh, the Arrow Fest. Because we need to gather. I mean, you are Arrow Fest. Your church is an Arrow Fest. When I came in, there was an Arrow Fest happening. Kids everywhere, you, nobody mind. Even the worship leader, usually pretty intense about the tambourine out of, out of sync and off-pitch singing. But your worship leaders, they were just loving it. Kids crawling everywhere, shouting, and they didn't care. I go, wow, that's a secure worship leader. That is a revolutionary worship because, because most worship leaders demand that all kids are out so there's no noise and there's no there's order. Not your worship leader, you're natural. Come on. You're blessed. Yeah. So, anyways, I, I, find, it, I find it to be uh, amazing to meet you guys. You, you're just, uh, you're already, you are what we need to implement for other places to be. Of course, you have young leaders and they understand. But, but I dream of the day that even seeker sensitive churches, anybody, even the 
Baptist church, anybody will just have children run around during the worship. Amen. Moms and dads holding together, holding with children, playing with children during the worship. And then have special sessions during the, the teaching of uh, preaching how to training the young children. How to flow in a prophetic, how to hear God, how to see angels, how to see visions. And, 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 and training them to, to lay hands on, on the sick and to be healed. So if, if we double and quadruple when, when, I mean, you know, multiply when, we're in, when we allow women to be part of our ministry just like men are together. Then teenagers, that's another explosion. Look at teenagers doing festivals of worship. Not entertainment. There's some of that. But there's worship festivals all day. Teenage worship band leading teen, thousands of teenagers in worship. That's never happened before. Do you understand the power? And they draw more teenagers, of course. The lost ones are coming. Because they see their own type of music, their own singing. And, and they're kind, right? But, uh, and, but then when we empower children, that's my point now. When we create this atmosphere, the kids are super uh, valid. We see them as the Holy Spirit is in them. They hear God. Sometimes they hear God more than we do but because we're busy. Not that we can't hear God. The God is in our spirit just like it's in their spirit. He speaks all the time. Where do you think women get it? God is speaker. Talks, talks, talks. God talks. Let there be light. Let there be this. Change this. Make this. And God talks all the time. God is a talker. Hello. <laughs> Come on, guys. We need to catch up with our God because he talks. Like your wife talks. You should talk, too. <laughs> it's not just women. We should be talking, too. Tell them the truth. Tell them what God says. Come on, guys. Let's not be sparing with a mouth. Because with the heart we believe, but with the mouth, we let us say it so that faith can come to others through a mouth. Say my mouth. Your mouth is very important to be busy with God's words, with what God says. Amen? Woo! You feel a little war, worn out to me. Like, I feel a little worn out too, but... <laughs> we all tired from that festival. Because you know what? <laughs> the... The children, we finish at 3 o'clock because these guys go, okay, let's just not go too far. Let's just cut it off at 3. Better short than great than long and exhausting. But guess what? The kids were running. We couldn't gather them together. 4 o'clock, and we're still like, okay, kids, let's go home. Because the parents are exhausted, right? <laughs> but the kids were having fun. So come on, guys. Get joy in the Lord because that keeps your energy up. We need the energy to keep up with our children. Amen. Grandpa, grandma, come on. Get the energy of, of uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb. What's about Joshua and Caleb? They had the energy at their 80s like their 40s. They had the 40 years old energy. Wow. Say wow. That's cool. Because God kept them from getting old. I mean, they were aging, but not like normal, the other people who didn't believe. God kept them youthful and strong. I mean, for an 85 years old man to, to draw the sword like he's 40, that's huge. 
Swords are heavy. Amen. And, and Caleb at 85 said, Joshua, okay, now it's my turn. Give me my mountain. I don't need help. I'll take care of it. I got it. I got the energy of 40 years old. That's pretty cool. Swords are heavy. 85 years old normally have a little support thing like that and talk, but, you know. So I'm going after that. I'm saying, Lord, I want the energy of Caleb. And I'm passing on my faith on to uh, baby boomers. Come on, guys. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And we need supernatural energy that is available in the Holy Spirit. We can't do it in our own strength. We need a supernatural energy. The Apostle Paul says, I labor unto weariness in, in, chapter, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 29, the last, chap, the last verse of chapter 1. Check it out. I labor with the superhuman energy which God enkindles within me. Say super, superhuman. superhuman. Say superhuman energy. You see, it's available, guys. This how this apostle single-handedly often, with the Lord's help, conquered uh, the, you know, the Gentile world. It planted so many churches and developed, and we're here today because of the superhuman energy that, that you know, God has given him to endure beatings, persecutions, and you call it. Amen. And he's the one who said, he's the one who said, reckon yourself dead to sin and alive to God. This is the apostle who said that, who penned it, known it bold enough, quite like that, to just nail that. That we, when we receive Jesus as our Lord, are no longer rotten sinners. Hello. No longer. Say no longer. No. We're no longer sinners rotten to the core because now we have Jesus to the core. Amen? And Jesus is certainly not a sinner. Jesus lived the perfect will of God here on earth. So Paul is saying, reckon yourself, Romans 6, verse 11. He shocked me when he first told me that. I mean, I was shocked out of my self-works program, self-holiness self ordeal, like I was wound up and trying to do. Because, you know, we love holiness, and as people of God, we want to be holy, obviously. But there's a there's a... Several ways of skinning a cat, okay? I don't know if that fits in this senses, but. Um, <laughs> wow. Wow. And so so the, Lord, the Lord said, listen, listen, everything you're trying to do, I already did. You can't do it because I did it. The only way you can, you can remain in my holiness is to receive me as the God of holiness. I am your holiness. I am your righteousness. I am your sanctification. Righteousness, redemption, salvation is a person. Is a person who invites us to be in love relationship with him. Everything about Christianity is a sharing with a person. And he decided to, to help us by nailing your old sinner on the cross. Mine, our, actually, our old sinner to the cross. And bury the ugly thing out of sight. So start, stop digging graves and bones and all that. Just, just declare it as gone. Declare it. And when I say sin, I don't mean just 
I mean, first of all, Paul talks about sin as a noun, actually, as an entity, as sin reigning as king. You know, sin, first of all, is, is, is something, is a noun. What is a noun? A thing, right? A person. So, first of all, sin is a thing that makes you do sinful things. This is how the beginning. So, so Paul is dealing with that through the, from, the, from the start. But what the sin results in? What happened to Adam and Eve? Rejection, insignificance, insecurity, loneliness, unworthiness, depression, anxiety, condemnation, all that. That's what Jesus came to nail to the cross. The consequences of what sin brought to us. How many know you were born ugly? It wasn't even your fault. <laughs> right? We, were, we, we didn't get ugly because we did something ugly. We were born this way. Sometimes preachers make us feel awful about that. But listen, I was born this way. I was born communist. You know, I was trained America is the worst place in the world. We should destroy America. And so the enemy number one to the Russians is America. I was trained under the Russian. Every target in my army raising was America. Aren't you glad I got saved? So I'm just throwing bombs of love on you and instead of killing you. <laughs> because I was trained to kill you. And I got saved, hallelujah. Amen. So, so I, you know, I, this is how I was born. And we were born in an ugly Adam's family. That's our problem. Do 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 I mean, us foreigners don't know what's going on, but you all Americans have been watching TV and you know what I'm saying. No wonder you're waking up at nightmares with that kind of a lullaby. I mean, with relatives like this. Of course, we're crazy. But God knew a promise. He came to sever our relation to the ugly Adam family and graft us to the beautiful family of the last Adam, of God himself. Ooh. Come on. Come on, let's believe that Jesus nailed to the cross all these ugly things that used to control us. And let's say goodbye, ugly things. Goodbye, old Adam. Hello, Jesus. Hello, Holy Ghost. Ooh. Why don't you lift your hand? Let me just, let me just activate. Let me just activate. Greater is he, the greater one that is in you. Father, thank you for this beautiful community of revolutionaries. Thank you, Lord. We couldn't do this. I couldn't even speak about these things. I wasn't of the leadership. In fact, why don't all the leaders stand up, please, and, and the worship team. Just stand up, just because I want to honor you, because you are a mighty revolutionary. I know. No, it's just right here. Come here. All, all the support team. That, where's an amazing artist? What? John. The artist, okay, do these artists. Just we just want to honor the leadership. Not, we all leaders. We all leaders with different functions. But just want to honor those leaders. Elders come up would be great. Elders, please. Okay, and I just want to say that you are, uh, you are anointed to carry this reformative spirit of the Lord, just like Luther. Honor women. Honor fathers, and and lifted the role of the fathers. And define us what we should be like fathers. 
in this honor of the family. There's another reformation for the family coming. And you're, you're part of it. In fact, in San Diego, where we're going to do our April conference, the young adults, which is about you guys' age, they said the Lord told us to do a special conference with our children last month. And I'm going, this is what we're about to do Saturday, yesterday. He goes, wow. He says, this is the timing of the Lord because the Lord spoke to us. So guys, God is speaking about this everywhere. And those leaders who are listening and saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We're going to stand up for young couples. We're going to hear you, how important this, this season of their lives is. We're going to recruit grandpas and grandmas. We're going to recruit the teenagers. We're going to recruit moms and dads. We're going to, we're going to circle the wagons around young, the young couples. And we're going to protect that wholeness that you have given. You're the shalom king of wholeness. Shara Babra Karasata. Everyone, just receive right now. The king of shalom is calling you. I'm inside you. I'm a king of wholeness. I'm king of completeness. I made you complete in Christ. Why don't you all stand up? Stand into the Lord. Stand with the Lord. And just begin to prophesy with your mouth. I am complete in Christ. I lack nothing because He, He has meeting all my needs. Say all my needs. He swore. He swore in His own name to bless me. He swore to bless Abraham and He grafted me in that blessing anointing. I receive it right now. My neediness. I could, I could not bear myself, but Jesus bore my neediness. He bore it on Himself. My endless neediness. My never good enough. My faulty performance. That religion tries to beat me up and, and it's gone on Jesus' cross. He took my faultiness and He gave me His rightness, His righteousness. He took my depression. He took my suicidal thoughts because I was so depressed about life. And He nailed that spirit of death on Himself. He took my physical pain from the headaches to the cancers to all these other aches. He took it upon Himself. Come on, prophesy. Come on, agree. He meet all of my needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Oh, I release the riches. Come on, step up, brother and sister. Come on, step up, mom and dad. Come on, for the children's sake. Step up boldly in the midst of this needy uh, society around us. Step boldly and say, oh, all my needs. He meets all my needs. And not only that, but I have more than enough. This is what you guys are doing. You're stepping even in your own needness but you're saying we're stepping for others sake you guys embraced this whole idea and you serve the body of Christ and for that God will honor you by empowering you and bringing more helpers you're not gonna be alone this is a God movement I command the angels to go help you I I release the angel to help every couple that is in need right now. Come on, command the angels. Get them busy. Get them going. If you're feeling down emotionally, 
Let him meet your emotional needs according to his riches and glory right now. Let him meet your financial need. Oh, I call the money angels to come on down to bring some resources to everyone that needs it in our midst so there may be no poor among you. I call the angels to meet the orphan's needs. I call the angels to meet the widow's needs among us. Come on, body of Christ. Rise up. Rise up. Rise up to where we are seated. Way below us is the second heaven of the demonic. It's way, way, way below us. We are above it. We are above it. We are above it. Don't mess around with those low, low level, low level demons. You are seated with the highest angels, with the, with the God of the universe is your daddy. Come on, somebody. Every curse is nailed to the cross. All the curses of the law are nailed to the cross. Let him be on that cross. Let him be in that grave. Get busy with the blessing. Get busy with the blessing. The blessing, the blessing, the blessing. In your mind, in your heart, in your mouth. Speak out the blessing. Speak out the blessing. Speak out the blessing. Reach out to someone next to you and bless him. Reach out to someone next to them and begin to bless him. Bless him. Ask for God to meet their needs. All of their needs. Increase. There's a great evangelistic spirit rising up. Great evangelistic spirit as you're beginning to boast in the Lord. Boast in the Lord. Boast in the Lord who meets all your needs. All your needs. All your needs according to His riches and glory. His riches and glory. His riches and glory. Oh, my needs. Oh, my needs. Meet according to the riches and glory all the babies all the children all the fathers oh healthy 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 somebody's going to have a birth soon and i just declare that a beautiful delivery for your baby